Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the new freaking year. I just want to say that. It is uh, the year 2019, 2019. We're only, uh, what, like 30 some years away from the year 3000 or something like that. Am I doing my math yeah, no. right there? No, you did not math that right at all. I 70 didn't. Year. 70, no, 71 right. years. I, I did it backwards. Yeah, I did it backwards. It's been a long day and I've been looking at 1099 oh. all day. So yeah, it's 80, 80 years. Sorry. Yeah. 80. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, account professionals. Yeah, so I just want to say I'm really, like, I'm so sick of looking at numbers today. Anyway, my name is Stacey Kelba. I want to welcome you to QBO Show. Uh, Woody's not here today. Uh, my co-host is going to be Richard Roper. I'm going to, uh, we'll talk to him in just a second. But before we get started, like I said, I want to welcome you to 2019. Um, hopefully your year has been going well. I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Neat.com, N-E-A-T.com. If you go to our website, you go to QBOshow.com, uh, you can find the Neat logo on the right side. I'll click on that, and it'll take you right directly to their accountant page if you're an accounting professional. If not, you can still click it, but you can also go to Neat.com. We want to thank them. We're ridiculously excited um, to have them uh, on for all of this year, they are they are going to be our sponsors for the entirety, the all the 12 months. We're really excited. They're super great people to work with, so we want to thank all of them for that. Um, so please make sure you visit our sponsors. They're the ones that make us uh, make it so that we can do the show for you. Um, again, my name is Stacey Kilwell. Uh, I own and operate Kilwell Services LLC. I'm located in White Lake, Michigan. Uh, and tonight, uh, my co-host uh, and my partner is um, Richard Robo. Richard, would you like to introduce yourself real quick, and then we'll bring Scott on, because I can see he's already... We have a guest, too, and I have to introduce him. But anyway, Richard, how are you? I'm awesome. I'm having a great year so far. It is, uh, it's been wonderful. Been doing a lot of planning for uh, 2019. Got a lot of exciting things in the fire. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, it's it's a gorgeous day here in Palm Springs. It's 74 degrees right now. Nice. Nice. It's been really weirdly warm here. Um, we have no snow, which makes my snowmobiles um, very sad. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, our guest tonight, I'm just going to bring him on and let him introduce himself. I'm pretty excited. It's the first time he's been on, I think. Um, so let me get him on. Oh, I got to start the chat too. So, um, Scott, can you uh, are you there? Yeah, can you guys hear me? <gasps> we can. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm really, really great. Um, I just want to let everybody know that I have the chat up and running. Scott, would you please introduce yourself, your lovely self, to our audience? Absolutely. And by the way, Happy New Year to both of you. It's still January, so I can get away with saying Happy New Year, right? I'll say it until, like, April. I'll keep saying it. I don't care. There you go. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on. I'm Scott Citron. I'm, I'm Scott Citron. I am. I head up uh, a PR agency called Citron & Company. We're based out of Dallas, Texas, and uh, I am in my 23rd year of business, believe it or not. Oh, 
Wow. I started when I was about five, yeah. I was going to say, you've been doing this since, like, what, preschool, kindergarten? Yeah, just about, just about that, that much time. But, yes, uh, we, we focus on, uh, we do marketing, communication, and public relations, primarily for professional services-type organizations and companies. Uh, probably about 85% of our business is in accounting and financial services, which brings me here today. Nice. Nice. You're an early bloomer getting started so soon, so early at such a young age. That's right. Glad to have you here. Uh, I'll let Richard just dive in. He hasn't hosted a show in a while, so I'm just going to let him just take the reins. Hey, I love that. Because Richard also does a lot of – the reason why I want Richard to – sorry, I'm going to interrupt – is because uh, Richard does a lot of, like, business coaching with a lot of accounting professionals and um, a lot of pro advisors. So this is a real – this is going to be an interesting conversation. This is going to be fun. It is. Absolutely. I I can't tell you how excited I am to talk to you, Scott. I mean, you and I have collaborated on a few things over, over, gosh, the last, what, decade? And uh, – I always love conversations with you. So, yeah, this is going to be very fun. Are you ready to you ready to jump in? I am ready. All right. Well, the, the first question I have is about busy season. We're in busy season right now. And I know you've got, you've got some things that you like to put out there for tax planners and professionals. What, what can they do and what's the most important thing they can do during this busy season? You know, I think that's a great question, and it's something I think a lot of tax practitioners and accountants ignore during busy season is they're they're really busy. I mean, that's obvious. Uh, They've got a lot going on. They work a lot of hours. Uh, They take very little care of themselves, which they absolutely need to. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate is what I say, but putting all that aside – The number one thing I think most practitioners can do during busy season is to continue networking. Again, so many, you know, are holed up in their offices. Uh, Maybe they're out in the field visiting with clients, gathering information for returns. Whatever the case is, uh, what they forget to do is that it's still a good three and a half, four months out of the year. And that's that's a long time. And if you go that long without doing any kind of networking, whether it's in person, social media, uh, keeping up with your contact base, sending out continuous newsletters, whatever it is that you do for networking, you've got to continue doing it, doing it during busy season. Because when you think about it, your clients want to hear from you all year long, not just during uh, – Uh, you know, certain times of the year. They want to know you're there. They want to feel comfortable that you're there. And it's a great way to continue continue to get referrals because if you're putting yourself out there and you're visible to your your clients and whomever else may be paying attention, you're likely to get more referrals. Uh, And again, you know, spend time time doing that. It, it, It doesn't take a lot of time to network. And I really think it's important to continue doing that, especially during uh, this time of the year. I agree. 
Uh, and you know what else I want to say is uh, one of the things is we're not good. You, you started off just by saying we're, we're not so good. Being in a culinary profession, we're not good at self-care. I want to say one of the things I got for Christmas for my family was an Apple Watch. And one of my favorite things about it is that it buzzes me and tells me to stand up. And it's oh, nice. My, I love like, it. It's, it's such a little delighter that I wasn't expecting. I mean, I get up and I move around a lot, so it hasn't um, – I didn't – I noticed it because we drive. We, we live in Michigan. We drive to Florida, every, you know, every year for Christmas. And um, I noticed it while we were driving, um, and then I didn't really notice it again because, obviously, I can't really get up and walk around too much when we're in the car for 10 hours driving from Michigan down to uh, Florida. <laughs> And that's only one day, by the way, just to everybody who's geographically challenged. It's actually a two, it's a 20-hour drive. So um, it's yeah. two days in a row. And so I forgot about it until today, until this week, because this week I really started doing like payroll year-end and W-2s and 1099s. And it's uh, a really lovely little thing that it does to remind me to just get up and walk around. So um, I'm really happy for that. Uh, but, yeah. I agree about networking because you know what I realized I do, Scott, is I have I get busy and from like Halloween until March I forget to update my blog I forget to write blog articles for myself. So I think that's a great. Yeah, you know, yeah, and you know, if you think about it, you know, accountants are great at numbers and they're great at well, figuring out. Well, except when they're trying to figure out what how long it is until we get to the year three thousand. I struggled with that right before you came on. <laughs> I had a hard time well, with that. And you, whatever. Well, there is the well, there is the thing about does the year three thousand start the year three thousand or is it actually three thousand and one? Why don't you pick up that? Yeah, I know. You never know, know, but you know, you know, think of it in terms of chunks of time. And so, if you think about, okay, you brush your teeth for two minutes every morning, you do all these things, you dress yourself, you eat breakfast, you do all these things, so. Set aside, I always, I always tell everyone, set aside 10 to 15 minutes a day just to work on your, you know, again, networking. Now, you, don't, you can't network in person for 10 or 15 minutes a, a day unless you're like the flash. But what you can do is, is work on your social media for that long. So think about, okay, every morning you're going to set yourself an appointment that from 8 to 8.15 you're going to work on your LinkedIn your Facebook, and when I say link work on, work on, I don't mean just like peruse around, look at ads, you know, maybe buy something. I mean really dig into your contacts, see what they're talking about, go into your groups, answer a question, uh, find somebody new to connect with once a day. You know that all it takes is a couple of clicks, and really, you know, that's going to widen your network. It's not going to take you a lot of time to do every day. But set aside just, you know, again, uh, just a couple of minutes every morning to do that. Now, if you're not a morning person, make it in the afternoon. Do 4 to 4.15 if you want some sort of break or even at lunchtime. You know what um, I do is, um, you know what I think is a really good tip, and, and this was actually the next question I think Richard was going to ask you, is how much time do you recommend that somebody spends on the social media? And this is where I think a lot of people get kind of, they get a little bit like, oh, I don't have time for that. It's really like, yeah, maybe setting some of it up, like setting up the Twitter account or your Insta account or whatever it is, like setting up the account. Mm -hmm. That might take a little while, but really it's 
um, I tend to do it like right when I wake up in the morning. Um, I'll grab my phone and I'll get on Twitter and I'll retweet stuff. Um, and then I have a 16-year-old daughter who uh, doesn't have a driver's license yet, so basically she's a chauffeur. Um, so she's uh, still got her learner's permit. So what I do in the morning is while she's driving herself to school and I'm riding shotgun, I'm, you know, I'm retweeting, I'm interacting with people. That's when I'm, I'm kind of checking what's going on. Um, we, you know, we have a, Richard and I manage a huge Facebook group, and that's when we really, I really kind of do that. And then I also do it when I'm taking my break. So when my phone is telling me, hey, Stacey, enough with the 1099s, get up and walk, or when my watch is telling me, get up and walk around, enough with the 1099s today, what I'm doing is I'm getting up from my desk, I'm grabbing my phone, I'm walking upstairs to go, like, get, you know, get more water or get more coffee or get a snack or whatever it is or just throw some laundry in. But while I'm doing it, I'm checking my phone and I'm jumping on Twitter and I'm checking um, social media. And so it's really easy. Like you said, you don't have to block out these giant chunks of time. Um, Just kind of get into – it's one of those things where, you know, a lot of times they say it's really easy to start habits, (laughs) but it's really hard to break them. Um, this is one of those things where it's really easy to, to start this as a habit. I, yeah, I completely agree. A, a good habit too, you know. And and again, you don't you don't have to do it seven days a week. You know, you may not even want to do it no. five days a week. You know, just 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 make it easy on yourself. Don't over don't overextend yourself, and don't make don't make yourself a goal that you can't attain. Like, don't say to yourself. I'm going to connect to five new people every day. Well, that's just, you know, that's not realistic. I mean, it's just really not, especially during busy season. So, so yep. Scott, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in getting on social media pretty much every day. I, I have in the last year uh, set a personal goal of actually being electronic free on the weekend. And I'll, I'll tell you, it's, a, it's so life-changing to not be interacting on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all of the other social media outlets that you can on the weekends because I, I, I set a goal for myself of having that as my self-care time. That's my, my time to recharge, spend time with my family, do things around town that I want to do and just not worry about what the rest of the world is doing. And I've, I've found that it's, absolutely makes me a better person, a better coach, and better at what I do day to day when I'm not looking at it every single day. My other favorite yeah. my other my other favorite tip for social media is, you know, it's wonderful to get in the groups. Like we, you know, Stacy alluded to business workflow and management. I love being in there and interacting with accountants on a day to day basis. One of the things I always try to tell accountants is go hang out where your clients are hanging out. If you're in construction specialty, there are some amazing groups for construction folks. And those are some great places to hang out and really get to know what your customers are really, truly like. But I want to jump to um, something else that I know about you, and that's elevator speeches. You do some kind of exercise Uh with Twitter an elevator speech is. I want to hear what that's all about. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do this exercise when I when I speak to, uh, and I'm talking about networking and you know how to create your own story and those those sorts of topics and writing, writing of course. But um, 
Yeah, to some people's frustration, I make them do this this exercise called uh, write your elevator speech in 140 characters, and that includes uh, spaces. So all it is really is, if you think about a Twitter post, which some some now are, are, are longer than 140 characters, but the old-style Twitter is, you know, 140. So if you think about 140 characters, it's really basically a couple of lines of copy. I mean, there's really not a lot of content to that. And you can figure out that out without counting one, two, three, four. You can figure that out by just uh, going to uh, Word or Google Docs, putting something in, doing a, word ca- uh, a, a character count. So, you know, it's really easy to do. So the reason you want to do that is, uh, you know, our attention spans are about yay big, uh, the old the old story was you had seven seconds to keep somebody on the web page when they come to your website. Now it's four seconds, and I have no doubt. Like within maybe the next five years, it might go down to three seconds. It's it's no time at all, basically. So when you're talking with somebody, when you're meeting somebody in an event, whatever the case is, when you're telling somebody what you do, if you spend longer than about, I'm going to say and this is no exaggeration, about 20 to 30 seconds, they start to glaze over. And you all, you, you two have been there. I know you've seen that happen where, oh, where somebody's telling you what they do. Yeah, and it's, 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 very, it's very frustrating for, for both parties because it's frustrating for you as the person who's telling, you know, you're telling somebody what you do because they seem like they're not interested they get upset because their times they think either their time is wasted or this person really doesn't know how to describe what he or she does. So I do the 140 character thing and basically tell what you do in 140 characters. It's very, very simple. Um, you know, so I'll like, give you I mine. Couldn't, this, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more with the 140 characters because one of the things that I noticed, I've noticed for years, is that uh, at networking events, people try to get it all out there. I, hmm. I am an accountant who does merchant services. I also do payroll. I also do point of sale. People's eyes are glazing over, and it's just not fun at all. And I'm, I'm a big fan of brevity there. You know, I do everything. QuickBooks is a much better uh, uh, elevator pitch. It's something right. that people remember. But I, I also like to add in a question, uh, you know, at that point. Do you use QuickBooks? Something mm-hmm. like that. That brings them into your elevator pitch. If you're I think that's an excellent yeah. one. What's, I think so what's that's your an excellent point. Scott? Okay, so, yeah, and I'm, you know, I, I did write this out, and, you know, in, in 140 characters or less. It's actually less than 140. So my elevator speech is very simple. Citroen and Company offers full-service PR and marketing to professional services companies, including accounting, legal, and medical. So very nice. simple. And what, what you want to do is, I mean, that sounds very kind of generic, but what you want to do is you want to have, you want to have something in your back pocket you could just pull out and use any time. But let me say that depending on who you're talking to, you might change that a bit. So in other, in other words, if I'm at a group of architects, I mean, if I'm in a group of architects, I'm going to change that. Uh, my son started playing basketball one morning a week with um, all attorneys. 
I said, but you're not an attorney. Well, they let me in, you know, because he happens to be very, very good. And I, you know, I brag about his three-point shots. But putting that aside, he's <laughs> playing basketball every Friday morning with a group of attorneys. So, you know, me and my, you know, with my business development hat on, I'm thinking, okay, how can, you know, maybe we can turn that into something. But on the other hand is the, you know, you have to think about is the, you know, is the basketball court the best place to network? Probably not. But when when people get to know him and really know what he does, then he could talk about the professional services side of what we do, and pull that elevator speech out, and you know, use it use it pretty effectively. I I actually think that the basketball court is a great place to work. I'm a big fan of networking in non traditional spaces. So networking events. Definitely not my most favorite place to be and network. I'm very good at it, but I love doing things like on the basketball court, at a restaurant, just out in the real world. And uh, Absolutely. yeah, I, you think- know, I my my best networking story is I was networked one time at a funeral. So I went to I went to this funeral and I was standing there, you know, kind of like mourning for the the people who, you know, were affected by the death and this this guy came up to me and he said, I heard you do PR and marketing. Can I get your card? And I was like, really? Here? <laughs> You're like, yes, I didn't sure. have any cards on do me. Do you have anybody? Yeah. Do you bring any friends that might be interested? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty funny. But... So I have a question for you. Um, there's a lot of us, and I think there's a lot more coming on board now that there's a lot more events, and I think a lot more people are getting interested in it. There's a lot of people who, you know, we do speaking gigs, right? We do training events. Um, mm-hmm. And what I know the answer to this, but I would just, I mean, I have my own opinion, not the answer, but I have my own opinions on this. So I'd just like to see what you have to say about, um, you know, why do you think, because I always recommend people, like, if you have the opportunity, go do, like, a community ad or a continuing ad or go do some kind of um, teaching event if you can. Mm-hmm. Why do you necessarily recommend um, it to be such an important marketing component? And then I have a second question about that uh, as well that I want to follow up with you. Sure. Well, you know, when you do things like that, when you're teaching others, when you're imparting the wisdom that you've learned in your experience and your day-to-day, you know, what you pick up day-to-day with your clients and your customers, you're helping somebody else out. I mean, when you when you break it all down, you're you're giving you're letting somebody know something that they don't know already. Okay, possibly. Now they might they might know it. They you know they they either know it or they don't. But in in some cases they know it. They just don't know that they know it. In this case, you know what you're doing is you're you're putting yourself out there and you're letting somebody know, you know, something that you've learned. You're teaching others. You're you know when think about think about the best teacher you ever had. What was the one distinguishing characteristic about that person? It was probably the fact that you learned something new in a really interesting way. Okay, so when I think of back to, let's say, my high school journalism teacher, she's the one that motivated me to go to be a writer. She's the one who motivated me to, to go into this profession. And what she did was she told stories. 
So remember sitting in class with, uh, you know, like in Ferris Bueller with the teacher that just droned on? Well, that, you know, you didn't learn anything in that class, but in the classes where you were motivated, energized, you did. And so that's, you know, when I teach others, when I sit in web, uh, sit on webinars, when I am in conferences, you know, in public presentations, the best sessions are the ones where they're not reading off the slides. They're really having more of a discussion, kind of like we are today. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, when you when you do that sort of thing, I think it's really important that you think about your audience, think about what you want to say, and try to teach them something new they didn't know before. I agree with that. Um, that's one of the things, the feedback that I have gotten from my speaking engagements is that um, I use a lot of personal um, personal examples, and so people tend to really like that. They like to uh, and to be relatable. I think that is another really important um, aspect of it. You you don't oh, yeah. want to seem like you're kind of above them. I think, especially when you're talking to peers. Um, they just being accessible and just being like a normal person, uh, I think, is really important. And that's when I found that uh, when I get the like, the, it's most fun for me as a speaker because I get the most kind of uh, feedback. You know, you've like I always talk about this. Like, there are certain cities when we go do events for Intuit where I mean, I feel like I could do a stage dive. Like the like the audience, and we're teaching QuickBooks, right? And the the audience, the, mm-hmm. the attendees are so engaged and they're giving you feedback and, you know, you're making eye contact and they're giving you, you've got that energy. And then there's other places where you go and it's like the sea of dead eyes, right? And so um, <laughs> yeah. that can be a little bit scary, right? So it can be a little bit intimidating. Yeah. For me, I don't, I don't get like that, like stage fright. I mean, I started taking dance lessons when I was three years old, so I'm the young, I'm the baby of the family, so I'm used to being, and I sort of expect sometimes to be the center of attention, um, <laughs> because I'm the youngest of five kids. So I for can't believe that. People, I know it's hard to imagine, but seriously. Um, so uh, I wonder, uh, just kind of a. Real quickly, we don't have too much time left. Um, what can someone do if they're really scared of public speaking? Like they want to do this and they understand and they right. recognize that this is a really great marketing tool, but what do they do if they're, you know, just scared shitless of of doing of yeah. public speaking and getting up there? Well, uh, that's a great question. You know, it's cliche to say, but it is absolutely, you know, besides haunted houses, the number one fear in clown. The number one fear people yeah. have is getting up in front of an audience, even even within a firm. If you're in a firm of any, you know, even a smaller firm uh, or a medium-sized firm, and you've got to make a presentation in front of others, you know, there are a lot of people that just cannot do that because they have stage fright anxiety. What I, uh-huh. you know, I, I learned a long time ago, uh, for a while there I was teaching for IBM. I actually taught internet writing for IBM uh, oh kind of all across the United States. Yeah, one of my gigs years ago. And it was one of the first times I actually taught in front of others, you know, presented. And I was pretty scared, I have to tell you. I was like, how am I going to do this? And I got some great advice from a a very good friend. And he said, as long as you know you're going to make a mistake, you're going to be okay. And I said, okay, tell me what you mean. He said, well, you know you're going to screw up at some point. You're going to either say something you shouldn't, in part of fact, you shouldn't you shouldn't tell, or you're going to mix your words up. Whatever it is, you're going to make a mistake on. 
you're going to make that mistake. Know you're going to make it, and then you're going to be at ease. And that absolutely helped me because, you know, most of us, when we get in front of a group, we think we have to be absolutely perfect, and that's not real life. Um, I guarantee you most of the speakers you hear and go see have made their share of mistakes. And what's what's really great, though, is like let's say – this is kind of another topic related to public speaking, but when you get a question and you cannot answer that question – there is absolutely nothing no, – don't say no comment, but <laughs> there's absolutely nothing wrong with saying, you know, I don't know the answer to that question right now, but I will get back with you on it. Give me your card at the end of the session. Oh, absolutely. And you know what we that does? To, that I humanizes you. Yeah, and I yeah. absolutely love it when the audience asks me a question that I don't know because I'm always like, you know what? I don't know. And I will say to them, I'm going to forget that you asked me that, but can you please email me and I will find out right. the answer or come grab me on a break. So, and I have, I think that's great advice. One of the things that I found is um, I just tell people one of the things that you can do is just remember, just have a conversation. Find a couple people in the audience mm-hmm. who, are, who are engaged and you are, like, getting some of that feedback from them. Don't make it creepy and just stare at them the whole time you're talking. But, right. you know, it's like – just pretend you're talking to them. Just It's just a conversation. Right. And you know what? I always say, like this I get from Donna Omen at Intuit, nobody's life depends on what you're doing up there. That's it's true. Yeah, talking. that's true. And what you want, you're just talking. What's important, too, is it's, you want to, yeah, what's important, too, is you want to have eye contact, as much eye contact as you can around the room. And there are ways to do that with, where you sort of look around the room, but you're not actually looking anybody in the in the eye. But the thing you know is you know you've got your audience engaged when I call it the bobblehead thing. When their heads start nodding, they look like mm-hmm. one of those bobblehead dolls. You know you've got them. And uh, and let's face it, I mean we've all bombed. I have bombed to the point, like you said, well, I, you know, are th- are these people alive? Is there a pulse out there? I start telling jokes like they don't even get the jokes, which nobody gets. But you know, still uh, we've all. Do bombed, you laugh but- at your own jokes? Like, I will tell a joke and if nobody, I laugh at my own jokes. Because I have to do webinars. I do so many webinars. Like, I started my speak, my public speaking doing webinars for Intuit in 2009. And when you're doing a webinar, man, it's just you and your computer. And so I just, right. I end up just cracking. I'm so used to doing webinars and laughing at my own jokes that I still do it even when I'm up on stage. Um, it's one of my like biggest a built-in pet peeves, track. Yeah, and one of my biggest pet peeves, though, is – when somebody tells a joke, I don't mind if the speaker laughs at their own jokes, but if nobody in the audience laughs when the speaker says, that was funny, or don't you get it? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they do. They just didn't think it was funny. Like, just move on. So that is, like, one of my biggest pet peeves. Um, so if that happens, I would say if you make a joke and people don't laugh, go ahead and laugh at it, but just move on. Don't make the audience oh, feel sure. like they're, you know, Yeah, you know, don't not, repeat it. Don't go back. Yeah. All yeah. That. So anyway, so, that's just my, those so are just my two I, cents on public speaking. And I know Richard has another question, so I'll shut up. I think he has our last question that we wanted to ask you. Yep. I was just going to say it's our wrap-up. It's a wrap-up question, and, and it's, it's about you, Scott. You specialize in content with your clients. Why is content so king when it comes to trying to get more business? What, what does that statement mean to you? 
Uh, it's because confidence is great because it really shows that you have intellectual capital regarding any any number of topics. And so whenever you can get something out in writing, whether it's print, online, wherever it is, that's going to be great for your personal profile because people will think you are an expert in something. It also helps you with your, uh, you know, when it comes to search engine optimization for what we're all searching for on Google. Uh, when you when you get published, when you're in articles, that stuff uh, all all bo- uh, bottles up to the top where you can find it in search results, especially if you really look at keywords. Now that's a whole other topic, which I'll be glad to come back and talk about another time. But uh, uh, writing is great. It's going to be great for you. It's even if you think you're not a great writer, fine. Don't work, don't sweat it. Write what you can, uh, especially you know blog. I say you know blog. Once a month, if that's all the time you have, but but put a blog out there. Talk about something you're passionate about. It's really going to be yeah. good for you. Beautiful. Stacey, any, all right. any last words? No, I just want to thank Scott for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. We um, love having you. Very excited that you uh, reached out. And I'm glad that you had the time to join us, and I'm glad we were able to schedule it. Richard, I want to thank you. Uh, for coming in. Uh, thank Woody. I want to thank all of our listeners. And I also want to take the time to thank Neat.com, our sponsor. So please make sure that you go to Neat.com, N-E-A-T, Neat, as in that is Neat Okino. Or you can go directly to QBOshow.com where you find us. And you can go over on the right-hand side and you can find the Neat logo. And you can click on that and that will take you directly to the accounting page. And the last little thing that I want to say before we go is bye you guys bye Bye. thank you for having me bye you're welcome Scott thanks bye bye